Thank you for tuning in to the Why Marketing Podcast. My guest today is Grant McLaughlin, the Vice President of Corporate Affairs at Booz Allen Hamilton. Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rusty. Appreciate being here. I'm glad you're able to sit down and, and chat with us. Uh, but before we get into hearing about your career journey and what's happening over there at Booz Allen, I wanted to ask you about something I saw. I think it was on your Twitter feed. It looked like you were visiting the Wright Brothers National Memorial in North Carolina. Yes. I have been uh, kind of enamored with the, the program that the National Park Service started. And I think a lot of the federal lands programs have uh, joined, joined suit they have a program for every kid in the park, and uh, they start with fourth graders, and they really encourage uh, fourth graders to start their journey of engaging with the National Park Service and the National Park lands across the United States. So I started with my daughter three years ago, and I now have a fourth grade, uh, fourth grader. My son is in fourth grade right now, and just happened to be in Kitty Hawk and went to the Wright Brothers uh, where they first in flight. So it was, it was a fun experience for him and uh, getting him off to the so, National Park Service. So it's actually just something you do. Uh, no, no, it is a National Park Service program called Every Kid in the Park. I think they've done the research to be able to say that to get people engaged in national parks, you really need to start people young using some of the either social marketing or change management activities to really get people ingrained into it. So they have an actual program that you can go online and register your child, and then they walk into a national park, and they are they are given a pass for one year. Um, and it usually runs September through October, for the that correlates with the school year, where a fourth grader gets to go into the park for free. You're able to bring either a carload or several adults with you to be able to get your entire family engaged in the park service. Now, what I will say is, since the program launched about three years ago, they have expanded it to be more federal land. So Forest Service or some of the state parks as well, I think, are also involved in it. But it, it really gets into federal land management. How do we use the things that are part of the U.S. fabric? Have you all seen any other parks that you liked? Yeah. So when my daughter was in fourth grade, um, we planned a trip across uh, Arizona and Utah and saw a lot of the federal parks like Grand Canyon and Zion and Bryce. But then we also intertwined a whole lot of state parks into that. And so this year with my son, we have planned a trip into Calgary um, to see Banff and Lake Louise and then oh, wow. spend some time at Glacier National Park that spans both Canadian and U.S. borders, but then drive down through Yellowstone and Grand Teton later this summer. How cool is that? Well, good for you. I, I didn't mean to like hijack the conversation into the park services, but it's really neat. No, I think having kids myself, that's always kind of neat to see people doing those things because it's, you know, I don't think people journey into the parks as much as they should. No, exactly. And, you know, I live in and around Washington, D.C., and it, it, we take a grant for granted a lot of the parks that are there, as well as the federal museums or monuments. And many of them are controlled by uh, some federal entity. And, you know, I drive past them every day, but it's really good to just slow down and either go with the Cub Scouts or just a school program or just my kids themselves to go see them. Well, that's probably a great segue then for us to kind of jump into your career and what all your uh, role entails over there at Booz Allen Hamilton. Sure. So Booz Allen Hamilton is a um, large technology consulting company um, headquartered in out just outside Washington, D.C. And 1914 is when we were founded by Edwin Booz. And we were one of the industries that founded management consulting. And so we help clients on a daily basis 
solve some of their toughest problems, thinking through whether it's a people process or technology issue, as well as uh, cultural elements to really think through, you know, where do they need help and how can we best help improve or help them move into a new direction. So, and then you're heading up all the communications and corporate affairs. That is right. I work part of a team. I'm vice president of corporate affairs. There are a number of different elements within the corporate affairs space to be able to help support the entire institution. And we cover down a number of functions from government relations to marketing, to employee engagement, uh, to creative and content creation, as well as technology and demand generation. So it's a, it's a wide variety of things uh, that are in that space. Booz Allen is about 26,000 employees worldwide, and our largest client uh, currently is the U.S. federal government. And so we support many federal institutions, both domestically and abroad. 26,000 people globally. That's a pretty big job to tackle as it relates to trying to manage all the communication that go out about what is happening within the organization. Yeah, the team is approximately 100 that cover down on the various different disciplines in, the, in those functions that I mentioned. And there are lots of things we do to, in a, it is professional services, it's a, it's a B2B environment. And so we have a hierarchy, a series of structures that within that the leadership is empowered to communicate and expected to communicate to their direct employees. But we also augment that traditional sense of communications with a whole lot of things that are more 21st century to be able to get into people's hands. So whether it's email or it, uh, it is, uh, we're using dynamic signal for as part of our technology stack to be able to get into um, people's mobiles uh, to be able to really directly engage with our employees. We've tied in that dynamic signal feed, which we, which we call engage. We've tied that with um, our HR program because as you, as you can imagine, no one single person is going to have everybody's number to directly text them. So we want to make it, make it this as easy as possible. As people come and teams grow, we want to be able to add them quickly. So this, the system of record for HR data workday is tied in directly to this. So we make it pretty easy for our employees to connect, engage, and be sticky with the organization. And it, as it is a professional services organization, our employees are out with clients every day. And there are probably 70 to 75% of our employees are forward deployed with clients on a routine basis. So we want to make sure they have the most up-to-date information about their own workspace, but also new and innovative things that are happening in Booz Allen's portfolio. Yeah, with what all, everything you're talking about as far as how you're managing the communications with all these different folks, I mean, I would imagine you're able to probably deploy a lot of these t- same type of scenarios that you're working on with your customers, almost as a test case even for your own internal or even external use as, as a firm, would that be accurate? We are. We are able to do a lot of things that uh, our clients can't in terms of either speed or scale. Uh, so we're able to test things out uh, quickly and see if they work for us or if they don't work for us, that's great. You know, we, we've, we've, we've learned something new. But yeah, there are, there are a whole lot of things that we're able to, to really position smartly around a test environment. I would also say from a change management perspective, really thinking holistically around what we want are either our employees or leaders or clients or, you know, name the stakeholder group and really thinking through a framework that thinks about what do we want them to think differently or do differently or feel differently, as well as um, in some cases care differently, right? About what, what are those programs? And then really put 
a real programmatic feel around them to make sure that it's not just a one and done, but it's really institutionalized. And so that is something that we have been really formulaic on and so that making sure that things stick and we actually get people to where they need to be. What would be some of the challenges you face with getting things to stick like that? Definitely making sure that uh, culturally they're aligned. And there are lots of things that you can't just pick up a new technology and expect it to work inside anyone's environment, let alone you know ours, um, without having a true understanding of the last technology that was implemented or the culture of which it's going to be implemented in and making sure that you understand all those things, all those dimensions as you're building out the communications and uh, training rollout programs. So in your, if somebody's rolling out, say, a new technology um, or they're, they're mm-hmm. exploring that, what would be some of the key steps they would need to kind of undertake to make sure that they're doing it the most effective way? So the way that I would approach that is really thinking through a couple of different dimensions. One is truly understanding the as-is environment of what is happening today, what are all the different tools that are in the space, and what are the things that need to change? So is there a process map that needs to be either built or understood? And once you get that as-is environment in a place where you truly understand it, then you can talk about where do you want to go, right? So building out the 2B strategy of what does what will this environment look like? What does the vision of this really need to be? And then once you've got that vision down, you can start to build out the 2B implementation plan and understanding the speed and pace of which the change will occur. What is the true change? And then how will things be changed relying on that process map that you built before? Being able to say, how does this actually work? And then once you have those things down, I think you have to layer in what are the, what are the, once you have a true understanding of what the change is, what are the people dimensions that will change? What are the process dimensions that will change? What are the technology changes that need to occur? And what are the cultural changes? And then lastly, as you build out that change management structure, what do I need my leaders to do differently? And how do I need them to engage? What are the governance models? What are the communications tools? What are the training tools? What are the different elements, the levers that I would pull on this change management strategy to be able to make it effective? And then really being methodical and disciplined on the programmatic piece that says, here's how we're going to hit these stage gates and here's how we're going to know that we're going to be successful as we move through them. So it's not, um, you just can't, can't throw it out there and expect it to stick. You've really got to be methodical and uh, diligent about how you approach those things. I'd also imagine probably pretty agile too, just because it's written down or, or forecasted to go a certain way. There's things that you're going to find along the way that you didn't anticipate and having to be able to pivot and change quickly with that. Without question. And right as you bake these things in, you, you, you're constantly uh, testing either messages or processes, or you're really using sandboxes in a different way to be, make sure that you've got people. Uh, uh, every scenario is being looked at, tested, and being able to be used for the next phase. When talking to some other folks that have recently gone through different deployments of enhanced technologies, there was also a lot of fear within the ranks of, well, how does this affect my job? You know, how does this affect what I do right now? Is there going to be a place for me? Um, how do y'all manage that? I mean, I imagine you're, you're working with very, very large organizations. Uh, is that a, a topic that comes up enough a lot, or is it just something that's just kind of understood? Uh, I think it's first and foremost. 
you know, I need to understand how this affects me before I can help others to understand how it affects them. And I think that's critical. And if I am rolling something out to a leader, they need to truly understand it so they can help their teams understand it. And there are lots of different tools and job aids and trainings or communications aids that, that we can build around that to be able to help them. But truly, the most effective um, is when they all work together and making sure that the leader is bought in and the leader understands what's happening to them as well as their people, and then really bringing people along. The other dimension of this is finding um, people learn from their peers more yep. readily than they that you learn from others. So making sure that there's a, a set of pilots that map to certain experiences, whether it's in certain accounts or it's certain uh, demographics, um, that, that you've got an, a set of evangelists that have gone through this that understand that they can help champion the program. I would think having champions all throughout that entire process has to be critical because it can be frustrating and time consuming. And it's like, wow, we, we used to be done this way, but now it's, we're having to do this and it's not working as we're taking me longer just because they haven't figured out all the different little nuances yet, or maybe they're not using the tools successfully, but having something that can be there to kind of help shepherd that and encourage the troops has to be, I would think paramount to the success of any rollout and transformation. Yep. And as you can imagine, with a with an organization the size of ours, there's a lot of things happening simultaneously and making sure that we've got them sequenced so that they make sense and we're not overloading people, even though change is constantly happening, especially you know, 21st century change is constant. And how do we make sure that we are measured in how we roll things out and we're not doing too many things simultaneously that are either missequenced or confusing. Do you think that, is that something that is, is a common problem? Do you think uh, too many times people are trying to do too many things at once and that's what creates some of the frustrations along the way? Uh, yes. And then I also see, think the speed and pace of change are, are moving so quickly, especially around technology and technology adoption. Um, those two things are not necessarily moving at the same pace. Um, so you have people who are evangelists that are that are moving multiple generations of technology faster than a lot of the general population. So how do we make sure that we are continuing to bring people along or bring the right people along? As fast as technology is evolving, is there anything out there right now that you're seeing that you're excited about from a you know managing communications and corporate affairs? So Rusty, the thing that I think that has me most interested is. Um, well, I would take a step back and just say the data and the use of data to drive decisions is exciting to me. Having said that, I think then how do you use that data to make a new and interesting, seamless experience for your audience? And so things like artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, how do you use those data, data sources and data sets to be able to create this new experience that they may have never been able to have and how do you take that online experience and make it as good or better than being in an offline experience and blending the two so that you've got an amazing experience for that end stakeholder so yeah. those are the things that get me really excited ai it's, it's something that comes up in almost every single one of my conversations with marketers the big question is is Step one, right? How do you get the algorithm set up? How do you get that to actually integrate with what the tools that you currently have? And that's been something that, you know, the folks that I've been talking to, it's, it's 
for them, it's always, yeah, they want to incorporate because they see the value in it. But what's that first step and who to go to? There's just so much confusion still and misunderstanding of how that process takes place. How do y'all navigate that? Obviously, because I'm sure that is something that you're having to deal with with your clients all the time. Yeah. So for us, and I'll just use corporate affairs as an example of what we're doing around data sources and really being able to truly understand who we're talking to and who's engaging with us. And especially because I, we are a B2B professional services organization with so many of our employees out being brand ambassadors for the institution. So we need to understand a little bit about the, how data flows and how it moves, but really building that a rock solid tech stack on the upfront part of a sales funnel to really understand how people are coming into it, how they're experiencing Booz Allen, how we are able to um, kind of move a qualified lead uh, through that sales funnel and really get people the right experience throughout that process, right? So, so some of this is a bit of a manual, manual linking between the two and identifying the sales, uh, the, the technology stack, using tools to automate this and then ultimately feed it into some of the other systems of record that we have within the institution to be able to answer smart questions. Having said that, what we've done is hired a, I brought in-house an analytics team to really start to think through all those connection points and really build out the algorithm. So we have data scientists on staff that be able to support our team to really think through what are the routinized conversations or routinized data that we want to be able to pull they create the algorithm and then they go out and find it. And once they're able to get to that routinized ability to say, I need to know this every month, then they're just putting it out there into a place where people can go pull that data, right? It's automatically fed and I can use them to a higher order to start to look at insights. And so this is, uh, I will say this is a work in progress. This is exactly where we're going. They've connected all the tools. They've been able to pull algorithms and get this to where it needs to be. Now we're really driving into insights. What did I learn based on this data? What will I change differently based on this performance or this set of stakeholders that we're trying to reach or connect with? How do we do this different? Or what have we learned about that subset of the population? Is it hard to be patient in those situations? Because you're like, okay, I've got this stuff kind of set up, go. And I expect it all to come in or is it, I I guess it's going to take some time because it's going to, you know, we've got to get more and more data in. It does take time, but I am amazed at uh, the data that is available and what they are able to glean from the data as quickly as they are. They learn new things every day based on the connections and adding in a new tool set or a new new system or a new process that gets overlaid on the top of it. There's something that is coming out new and interesting every day. So I don't think that that journey is ever done, Rusty. I think it is more of what did you learn today or what did you learn this week based on these new set of interactions. And there's, as you can imagine, there's tons of new things being fielded every day that glean something new. Yeah, and to me, I've just, I've, I've never had to experience it. So uh, to me, I, and I've talked to so many people about it with the I'm like, I'd be like, all right, we got it set, go. And you expect all this information to start flowing in with all these answers. But it, like you're saying, it sounds like it's, it's very methodical. There's every day there's a different learning, but over time yeah. you step back, you're like, Oh my gosh, that's a novel. And look what we've got yeah. from that now. And that's and the power of it. If I was looking at a linear process of four, 
for marketing, let's say, and really starting with research and driving through this process to get to the tactics of, of whatever your execution in that campaign was going to be. And that last piece is usually around analytics. How do we measure it? And yeah. in reality, the way that I think about it is, yes, we're going to do analytics. We set those up at the beginning in the research to be able to say, what are we trying to achieve? And it is that it is that do loop. It, we are getting the insights that inform that campaign or inform mid, mid-performance to be able to say, how do we tweak it to get better as we're going through it? But there is some mel- developmental piece to this that pulls to the front end every single time. What did we learn on the last campaign? What did we learn midstream? And then how do we, how do we improve for the next one? So it keeps, your, keeps you and your team on your toes, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's exciting. Yeah, no, it's, I think from a being a, from a marketer, it's where it all is heading. I mean, we are actually, we're there now and it's just going to make it the combining and the blending of the arts and sciences going to continue and it's becoming more and more science heavy. But now as we kind of, I know we're kind of running out of time and I want to be respectful of yours. I wanted to ask a couple of last, couple of last questions. One is around reflection, looking back over your career and everything that you've learned and you're continuing to learn, give yourself one piece of advice as you were coming out of college to help you kind of navigate your career forward, what would it have been? I think there's a couple of things that I would put into that bucket, Rusty. One is uh, really think holistic or integrated. You know, I, I came out of school with a undergraduate degree in communication, specifically in photojournalism. And when I start to think about all the different dimensions or functions that I have either used or deploy on a pretty regular basis, public involvement or employee engagement or advertising, marketing, photography, digital analytics, change management, program management, and really thinking through that integrated approach. You know, what I would say to myself is be open. Change is constantly occurring. The disciplines are merging, whether it's B2B kind of environment or a B2C, a lot of the same things are, are starting to merge together. Um, I would also say uh, invest in yourself, right? This, this concept of learning is never done and you want to be able to teach something new every day to keep you invigorated and making sure that others are, are coming along on the journey. So learn something new every day, teach something new every day. And then I think lastly, I would say focus on relationships because those are the things that are stalwarts and those are the things that are going to carry you through whether, whatever technology is going to be um, or process is going to be that relationships should transcend those. I like that. And I like the fact that, you know, you you talked about the learning part of it because uh, you're never too old to stop and we have to keep evolving and and challenging ourselves. Speaking of that, uh, if there was one thing that you wish you knew more about uh, or what are you continuing learning yourself right now? I I would say it's digital. Just, just writ large, the entire space around digital whether it is things like uh, AR, VR, and how to use them more effectively for that seamless experience that I talked about, or how do I measure video or digital in a real quick order to be able to be most effective of enhancing a campaign. And so it's that, that dimension of this is, is, of course, keeping, keeping with the traditional print and, and um, media lens or advertising lenses in, in space, but really the digital aspect of this and that offline experience, I'm sorry, the online experience and what that really uh, means as it moves forward. It, it is moving faster than anything. 
Yeah. So how are you keeping up with that? Is it just hiring the, just from hiring the right, you know, hiring people that have that, those core expertises, or are you going out and trying to, I mean, how are you staying sharp in those areas? So I think it's a little bit of the, so me personally, it, it is listening to podcasts, it's reading and, and being able to go out into the professional community and understand how other people are using it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a B2C environment and bring it, how could I incorporate that to a B2B environment? Um, so that's, that's me. And then I would also say hiring smart people and then spending time with them to do ride-alongs. It doesn't have to be a long period of time, but um, you know, just being able to understand exactly how they go and search for things or understand how they use an email automation tool and how it connects into a CRM and uh, being able to watch how they're pulling data from one source to the other and being able to then execute on it. Those to me have been invaluable. And then also really just being intellectually curious. Yeah. I love listening to different podcasts. I think you can, you can glean, there's some really great ones out there. Uh, do you have one that you particularly like? So the one that I've been listening to most recently is this, there's a whole series of them, but through fruit from Wired Magazine. I like those. And I think there's a lot of that, that, that have been really interesting around technology. Now, the other one that I spend time on, and it's not, not every podcast in this, in their group, but the Wall Street Journal's The Future of Everything is a really, they have a lot of really smart, interesting topics that are relevant to marketers. Um, they may be more programmatic in the way that they're portrayed, but I always get new ideas from them. Awesome. Good stuff. I like this. This is great. Well, Grant, I, I know uh, we've kind of hit the wall on the end of the show and the time, but I really I appreciate all the great insights uh, from the change management strategies to what you're working on now and what you're learning and your thoughts on different podcasts. So thank you so much for for sharing your insights. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Rusty. Bye-bye.